0: the weekly pseudo athlete roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co host Hannah and Wayne. How's it going, guys? And, you know, if you read the blog, I pointed out one of you killed Patrick. Not me, because I'm Not, good. That is <laughs>
1: inaccurate. And,
2: and, unless, that's, unless that's the plot twist.
3: Um, I, I realize... As I, I, as I read this blog, what you should have done is gotten audio from Katya before she like was busy, and then at the end had her be like the villain, uh, um, and that would have been yeah. a great plot twist. But uh, now we're just stuck with the irony of my life of finally getting a switch delivered the same day <laughs> that Nintendo announces they're releasing a new version.
2: <laughs> That's a plot twist. I didn't see that coming. Oh.
3: <laughs> um, Wayne, have you looked at the box office game? I have not, recently not for a while.
2: I, um, how how horrible is it?
3: Um. Well, I ah. believe you've lost almost half your movies. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um.
0: No, I haven't looked in a while, so I'm curious myself. Where where are we, Anna? You seem to know better than, than other people.
3: Yeah. So um. I got bored one day, so I updated the spreadsheet, and mm-hmm. first of all, uh, because of Godzilla versus Kong, just mm-hmm. you know destroyed all of us. Um, for, for the moment. For the moment. Secondly, the numbers will have changed by the time listeners hear this episode because we're back in business. A Quiet Place Two and Cruella are in theaters this weekend. Um, that's that's uh, me and Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm there have with been. Lola.
2: I just I see it coming.
3: <laughs> I don't understand that movie. I know we. I know I. have say that every time it comes up but i don't understand this movie i genuinely don't anyway this um, movie is for people who hate dogs (laughs) i mean honestly that's as good a guess as any um but wayne you have six scratches right now um you have four Mm -hmm. i have one
0: and katya (laughs) has three
3: yeah and the and the greatest twist of all is is if I hadn't insisted we use Metacritic to make things more interesting with the movies that currently are in theaters or have been reviewed by critics for me. I have a tomato meter average. We use rotten tomato meters of like 90 something percent because <laughs> that's just where my movies are at right now. Um, this is all to say I'm going to lose horribly because things look too bright for me.
0: sorry you said we should let the we should let the listeners know the topic because you're setting up you're setting up plot twists galore now just with our box office game and we should also you know nicole is back to joining us and you know i've decided recently since the last time you're here nicole is a regular guest i i'm no longer making a big production you know of introducing you is it you know so so feel free to join in yeah yeah,
2: So welcome Nicole. Think, oh, welcome back.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry um, you had to sit through all that. <laughs> well, no, well so, oh no, I find it fascinating. I want
0: to I want to give a little context. Uh we got a got a comment from uh, a friend of mine who was listening to the show and said um so last week's show uh, was on American Girl, which I, I for one, really enjoyed because you know, for me, I didn't know nearly as much about the you know long storied history and deep lore of the American Girl universe. Um, whereas Hannah and Katya and, and our guest Monica all all did. So very educational show for me.
3: I, I will not say I'm an expert, though. I, I want to be clear. I just you know yeah yeah, but.
0: But for me, I was, as a complete novice, I, I was, um, you know, I I, um, I, I felt like, you know, for me, it was very educational. And one of the comments we had was um, uh, Reuven, a friend of mine, said he enjoyed the conversation, but we never really even said at the very beginning what American Girl was, so he had to, like, figure that out. And he was like, oh, this is, um, and he, you know, once he realized that he was, he was interested, he was interested. So I guess we should give a little more, you know, be, you know absolute beginner context on um, on some of our shows, because I guess we just sort of assumed that even if you didn't know, even if you weren't like deep into American Girl like I wasn't, um, at least you'd have some passing familiarity that it was like, you know, heard of it. balls. <laughs> um, mm. So, what are we talking about this week? This Wayne, this was your topic. So, was it my topic? I think so.
2: We're talking about plot twist
0: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Just, uh, why, why do we like. Why do we like them? <laughs> that sounds so stupid. But I, I guess like, talk about uh, the nature. I mean, in the, in the nature of narrative. Um, yeah, I mean, there are good plot twists. There, there are bad plot twists. But just you know, when we're watching a story or reading a story, and something goes completely differently than we expected. Um, you, and, and I think we'll probably talk about good ones and bad ones. Uh, while we're doing this, but it, you know, it's obviously it's a thing in narrative, so, so let's talk about plot twist, And then 45 minutes I in, completely change the topic and go <laughs> elsewhere.
3: I mean, have we done that before? I feel like we've done that before. Yeah, we've, done, we've
2: done that. <laughs> not, not always planned, it just sort of happens.
0: I was thinking about this a bit, a bit this week, so just for context for people, you know, for future listeners of the show who might hear it at some other point, Um after we announced that this was the topic of the show on the blog, uh, W www.boxpodcast.com. You know. um, but before we recorded, we had, um, there was an announcement, uh, an interview with JJ Abrams where he was talking about, you know, about it was probably a mistake to make a, a, a Star Wars trilogy with no plan. Um, because <laughs> I mean, to, be
3: fair, to be fair, that's what George Lucas did. Yes. Yes.
2: yes. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, and, but but JJ the,
3: the difference is JJ's JJ's said that George, that
0: was,
2: George Lucas didn't know he needed a plan because he thought there was only going to be one movie.
3: Right. <laughs> continue your story. Well,
0: my problem my problem with JJ saying that he's like, oh, in retrospect, and like, yeah, in retrospect, yeah, you should have a plan if you're building a story. That's how that's how writing works, right? And
3: well, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that.
0: We'll talk about caveats in a bit.
3: <laughs> Oh, no, 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 I mean, I don't know if it was J.J. Abrams's job
0: to what be a writer.
3: No, 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 specifically Star Wars and the trilogy, like the Star Wars and oh, no, the trilogy. No, no. Not yeah. like I don't know if it was his job to plan out the trilogy, and I think that, that like, it? I, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, okay,
0: he was only hired for one. It wasn't his job, and that's but that's my irritation, right? You listen to our our previous shows where we did our show on mystery boxes, right? jj's whole life philosophy as a creator has always been you know it's, it doesn't matter what the puzzle is sometimes it's just fun to solve a puzzle so create a puzzle and then let somebody else figure out what the puzzle fucking means and he did like a whole ted talk on this and fuck you dude because you got bit by it right okay,
3: okay. <laughs> like, no 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 no, no 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 no. okay look i'm not i'm not 100 on jj abrams's side okay period i just want to say I'll say the same thing that I did last time we argued over mystery boxes, which is part of that Ted talk is not just like plot twist, plot twist, plot twist. It's like, Characters and people themselves are mystery boxes, and you don't need to know everything about them, like, to use the Star Wars examples. We don't need to know why Han Solo's last name is Solo. Terrible Solo movie. That That's mm-hmm. boring. What, what, what is interesting about people is, like, their depth and, like, there's something that draws you to Princess Leia is, I think, the example he uses. So, like, it's not just... I mean, like, yes, like there there are times when, especially with J.J. J. Abrams work. And I want to remind listeners that J.J. J. Abrams didn't work on the like, see, like series of lost after a certain point of time. Um, So like, don't use that as an example of him being a good at bad or good or bad at mystery boxes, because that was not his work after a certain point um it's like i'm not saying that everything he puts out is wonderful i think we can all look at star trek into darkness including jj abrams and say hmm that was a bad choice um but (laughs) i think i think mystery boxes are more complicated and also i mean at least he's like actually reflective about his work sometimes (laughs) i guess i'm defending jj abrams a little bit
1: Well, I, I guess I, have, I feel like I have to defend writers to an extent that that sometimes you have everything planned out and other times, you know, writers will say, well, the characters wanted to do something different or I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what the mm-hmm. characters were going to do. And so there is an element of that, just like, you know, how when they were filming Phantom Menace, everybody working on the on the movie thought Jar Jar was going to be this great hit. And then he was reviled. Not, yeah. <laughs> so, so things changed, right? That going forward, he didn't have as big a part as he was, they were originally planning and you sometimes have to adapt. And so I think sometimes the, the, the mystery boxes is the characters and the interaction with the audience that, or, or even the, who's in the in the position themselves, right? Like if you've thought about or read some of the stuff about the various people who auditioned for parts in the MCU, that you're like, if Tom Hiddleston had been Thor, I mean, the whole tone, I mean, it would have it would have completely changed it. Mm-hmm. Not that it would have been better or worse. I'm not going there. But I mean, it's the character and what they did with the character might have been altered going forward. So I guess I'm kind of defending JJ, too.
3: (laughs) Also, I want to again remind everyone that Disney gave everyone working on Star Wars a very tight production schedule that like shouldn't have like basically it shouldn't have happened i blame is like i blame disney um and and like like we we've heard stories about plot lines that were discarded or not allowed because greater creative control than like just a director or mm-hmm. like a writer said nope not happening so i think yeah. i think like star wars and the mcu are kind of like hard examples to because there there's so much control from the higher ups. It's it's hard to say who made yeah. what decision.
0: The thing with that TED talk like Hannah said, JJ was trying to de- to say a lot of stuff it's not just the mystery box thing but everybody focuses on that because he's so famous for plot twists and my problem with with what happened with star wars and what happened with lost lost he famously uh, hannah you said he left the show and that's fine i'm fine with people leaving shows but he left the show having created mysteries that he didn't really have an answer for or a plan for it was just a hey, this is an interesting thing. Let's kind of play with it and see where it goes. And I'm not sure if that's good or bad. I'm not willing to say it's... I mean, I complained about it on our Mystery Box show because it annoys me personally, but something annoying me doesn't necessarily mean it's the end all be all of you know literariness right like if you if you're into the idea of oh it's a plot twist this is exciting which is what jj is saying i mean jj is on record saying to him the most exciting thing in a story is something happens and he doesn't know where it's going to go and he finds that exciting as a reader as a consumer of literature and also as a writer of literature he enjoys that process so i can't say he's wrong i find it frustrating when I feel like there's nowhere for the plot twist to go. Right. So can a plot twist for the sake of being a plot twist be good? I,
2: and I, I think that's the, the defining thing. I you know, if how much of this was planned, how much of it comes out of the blue um, mm-hmm. to, to use the thing. Okay. Just for, so people have a sense of time a week from now is uh the pop culture association of American convention. And, Mav and I are presenting and Nicole's presenting and moderating. And I'm doing something on the series Wicked and the Divine, uh comics, graphic novel series. And um about two thirds of the way through, there's and and for Nicole and Mav, I warn you there are huge spoilers in the presentation. So and I, I won't give them here, but about uh, two thirds of the way through, there is a a development and I, I guess it's a plot twist that just I didn't see coming at the time when I was reading through it the first time. That completely changes everything you think you know about the series. Mm-hmm. And when you go back and reread the entire series leading up to that, okay, I know much what you're talking about? Okay, yeah, I believe He, I... he, he mm-hmm. builds to that moment throughout mm-hmm. the series. Yes, very skillfully. You don't see it coming, but that piece of knowledge changes everything. Mm-hmm. And that was mind blowing at the time. And and still, it's it's part of the craft of it that I really enjoy. So that's it's a plot twist. But it's an earned plot twist, and it Mm. changes the direction of the rest of the story, as opposed to just a... Oh, we're gonna turn right here, and you didn't see that coming, did you? Um, so I, I think a lot of it is just the skill with which it's it's uh, it's executed. I mean, you know, the most famous, you know, one of the most famous plot twist guys out there, M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's made his career on on that. You know, we should, we should call him M. Night Plot Twist because it's easier to pronounce. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's also just his that that's his thing. Mm-hmm. And some of those have been very good. Some of them I saw coming. Some of them. I I I didn't. Some of them have been. Some of them
3: he probably stole from someone else.
2: Yeah, probably. And some of them have just been ridiculous.
3: (laughs) Uh, I remember being so excited to see the village. And then I went and I was like, oh, no, this is the same as a book I just read. Yeah
0: he's got some of that he got a lot of that actually and mm-hmm. now the question is does that make it bad right people complained and I don't know that it does right so my least favorite part of the sixth sense is the twist I've said that on many times because I saw the twist in sixth sense coming mm-hmm. I picked up on it really early and I find that movie to be boring once you know the secret I, I find it unwatchable I don't understand why people say it's their favorite film of his. Well, um yeah. on the other hand, unbreakable un- is so much better. Un- yeah, unbreakable I love. Yeah. Like I like Village. I mean, I understand I, and the Village twist I figured out a few seconds in, but I thought the I thought visually the village was interesting. Like so as a director and mm-hmm. I thought Bryce Dallas Howard was good as an actress and I thought she carried it. So I enjoyed the experience of watching that film unfold. I don't think it's I mean I, I agree with Hannah. I don't think it's an innovative yeah, story. And and I, and I haven't felt the need to rewatch it. I've seen it twice and it's yeah. how old at this point. I've seen the I've seen the film twice. Yeah. And I but,
3: um, but go like I'm I and it's I, I wanna be clear, like I'm not just like saying it's unoriginal. Like mm-hmm. they're <laughs> when I say like there have been plagiarism allegations. Like there was yes. legitimately a plagiarism allegation mm-hmm. about copying from the book, running out of time. Um, there wasn't mm-hmm. a lawsuit filed as far as I know, but like people, people legitimately like put these, the, the publishers, I think, um, put these like two works up together. So like, I mean, there are a lot of works that have similar plot twists, but th- this was like very similar. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I, I, that, that that's my little like teenage Hannah's axe to grind. That's all. <laughs> Personally, I I
1: mean with the village, I I was okay with the the monsters not being real monsters, mm-hmm. but. The the whole oh it's modern day and we're lying to you all that's the twist that I didn't like I'm like I I would have would you know like eh, no if if it's modern times at least make the monsters real.
0: And so, what we're getting at, though, is you know, between the four of us, you know, we're, we're reasonably intelligent people, you know, um, but we all have, and we all have, a, obviously, a great deal of experience with literary works, you know, both both text and film based, right. Um, and we are all over it just with the village. We're all over the board on what whether it's effective or not, whether we liked it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, and none of us thought it was our our favorite movie. Um, Hannah, even, you know, you're probably the hardest on it, but it's not the worst piece of crap you've ever seen. Right. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't put it that far down. Right.
3: I mean, I it was better than Signs. I mean, yeah. no, no, but also like I, I, I would be hard pressed to name an M. Night Shyamalan film that I really want to watch. Um, okay. I, I do well, like no, that's like, perfect
0: because <laughs> we're all over the place on it. But the question, but then the question becomes, which was, you know, sort of you know, in the blog, Why? why do we have plot twists at all? Right? Like can, can a plot twist based movie be good? I think so. Um, Cause there are, there are certainly people who love Shyamalan movies purely for the fact of they want to go just to be surprised and see what crazy thing they didn't see coming. Like, right. Like that's the experience for some people. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think they can be, I don't think they're wrong. I don't think people are wrong just because they like jump scares in horror movies, even though I yeah. find them annoying.
1: I think with the plot twist, um, like, uh, and now I can't remember if it was Mav or Hannah, I think it was Hannah, saying that that it has to feel, or maybe it was Wayne, it has to feel earned, mm-hmm. right? That we we like a plot twist, but it has to be something that, that works. It's sort of like in a murder mystery. If you If you read a lot of mysteries or watch a lot of mysteries you can sometimes you learn and you can kind of guess who who the who the villain is or or what the surprise is but if it's something that there's no way we could see coming we feel cheated as an audience Mm -hmm. because when the twist happens, you want to be like, Oh yeah. And have it make sense. Mm
2: -hmm. But if it's
1: completely out of left field, we feel like it's not,
2: or at least that's how I feel. I, I think that's an important point. I think a big part of it is our expectations. Those of us who consume a lot of media. Yeah, you're right. We, we learn how to read. We learn how to watch. We know the patterns. We know the tropes. You know, we, we, it's very easy to see what's coming, and yeah, you're you're right, Nicole. With mysteries and that sort of thing, if you figure it out by the second chapter, why read the next 300 pages? Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and 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 the skill of and then there are reasons to read it, of course. But I mean, the skill of the the writer is that whole thing of wanting to set up this mystery and answer it in a way that is internally mm-hmm. consistent, but still keep your readers guessing about things. And so, yeah. I, I do think a lot of it is just the the preponderance of media and media consumption it gets harder and harder to surprise us.
3: I, I mean, I definitely think that's true, but you know, I, I think that, um, Ryan Johnson actually addressed some of this, uh, like deals with plot twists and knives out, um, yeah. Yeah. like mm-hmm. technically and actually spoilers and like, skip ahead and stop listening for the next two minutes. If you haven't <laughs> seen it, cause you'd absolutely see this film. Uh, yes. when the, when the pandemic hit, I bought two things, Emma and knives out on blu-ray and let me tell you, I do not regret that decision one bit, Um, even though they're, like, streaming on HBO Max, but whatever. Anyway, uh, Knives Out, like, you think you know who did it, like, from the beginning. It is, like, emphasized to you again and again. And then that whole movie is a deconstruction of a lot of not just, like, the tropes of mystery and, like, the plot twist and the gentleman detective, but also, like, some of the values of like the English detective novel that I would trace back to Wilkie Collins, um, a little bit Charles Dickens, Wilkie Collins, of course, was a masterist and putting things together into puzzles. Like I read a Wilkie Collins was a friend of Charles Dickens who wrote works like the Moonstone and the woman in white, my personal favorite that no one reads Armadale. Um, A reviewer at the time said, like, you know, you read it and it's like a puzzle and you go back and read a second time. You can see how everything fits Mm -hmm. together. Uh, And and, you know, serialized fiction does lend itself to plot twists and cliffhangers. And Moonstone, especially also, again, is playing with plot twists and and really like how far can you carry something uh, really before it becomes unbelievable.
2: I think that that idea you just said the idea of it being a puzzle. I think that's a big part of it. You know, we we like we we both like being surprised by things. We also like feeling smart if we figure something out, yeah. unless it's unless it's too easy to figure yeah.
0: out. That's my question, though. Right. How much? Yeah. Because we so um, offline, offline, I remember you and I talking about this, Wayne. And, and you say, you know, we like patterns, right? Right. Like, like we want to be able to look, we want to be able to look at our film or, or read our book and, and kind of go, oh, wow. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. Um, here, here's one most recent. Well, actually uh, lots of stuff I, I read has a mystery in it. The most recent thing that I think people would, um, consider a mystery that I read was the flight attendant, um, which mm-hmm. is now also a, TV series on um, on HBO, yeah. um, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed I enjoyed the TV show. I read the book first uh, about a month beforehand. I had just coincidentally had happened to read the book. I, in, you know, I'm never the kind of guy who, who usually says, um, oh, well, you know, the book's better. The I, I don't like doing that because I like to consider them separately. Um In this case, I very, very, very much enjoyed the book better because the TV show, I don't want to say it's not a mystery because there are mystery parts, there are things for you to figure out, but there are several mysteries during the course of the book. And the most interesting one to me is revealed 20 minutes into the, into the first episode of the show. And mm. it, it, so it changes the dynamic of what, you know, to me, what's interesting about that book is figuring out, um, okay. It's driven by, a, it's driven by a murder mystery. And then there are other side mysteries, right? And, The murder mystery, you spend most of the book trying to figure out, you know, who did it, you know, who did the murder, the movie. I mean, the TV show tells you on the first episode it's you no know, here's the bad guy and now you can chase so it becomes a question of why and you don't even mm-hmm. know in the book that, yeah. you're to fi- you're, that you're trying to figure out why there's just so many layers and they got rid of it so I think that there's some fun to that right like I think Wayne's right and you know part of the fun of why I enjoyed that book was oh my god I know this is a mystery now I'm trying to put together patterns and stuff on the other yeah. hand there are uh, a show that I watched recently that I know everybody here has watched is Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I very much enjoyed, and yet there was a mystery in it which I found super fucking frustrating the entire series because I, I spent the entire time going God I hope Sharon's not the power broker please let there be something more interesting than making Sharon the power broker and then it was like oh who's the power broker and every and every week it's like well every hint points to Sharon and we're running out of episodes and we don't have any other characters so it's probably Sharon yeah And then, okay okay and then finally it's like and then at the end in the last episode it's like surprise Sharon The the power broker, and and every viewer is like, yeah, we fucking know she's obviously like, like we're we're not stupid. So I was irritated by that as a viewer because it's not that the twist was unearned. It was
3: I would say it was pretty unearned. Uh, Well, I I, it was telegraphed. I think it was unearned in the sense that like. We know Sharon Carter from the movies and they gave her her nothing to do in the movies, which is Mm -hmm. why like her relationship with Captain America never worked. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry like I, I i like the idea of like a human woman a, another human woman in the marvel universe as a character it's not that it's just they they gave her nothing to do but like yeah stand there she exists and, and and then they in the show they uh, i kept waiting for sharon to show up and to, like and then when she showed up i kept waiting for her to like do something and give her like give her more screen time because i read an interview and it was like the show is really about Bucky and Sam and Sharon and like who they are. And like, we see Bucky go on a really intense journey. We see Sam going on an intense journey, whether you think those work or not. That's another episode that we mm. already did. But like, we mm. don't see that with Sharon. Like it,
0: yeah,
1: it's yeah. just was
3: very cheap. It feels like they, they needed a named villain for it to mean something. Yeah, she's
0: but, there. for She's there to be the twist. And I'm like, I I don't care. In fact, if you remove and again, I, I'm sure just for the listeners who who they, who have read the interviews, um, their filming was greatly affected by the pandemic. There was supposed to be right. more with her, and Emily Van Cap was the one actor that they couldn't get much more time. She had to do the she had to do all of her filming as a favor to them in off time from her day job, from her other T V series that she does. Yeah, she's on so, the resident. Right. So I get it. Right. I, I get that. But the problem is, given the narrative where where we what we got with Falcon and Winter Soldier, she only exists to be a plot twist. And since I have I have no reason to care about Sharon Carter of the MCU, I want to care about Sharon Carter of the MCU because I care about Sharon Carter, the character from the comics. And because I I see potential for her to be interesting. But what I know about her as far as a character in their world is um, she's a hot chick who doesn't do much that got to kiss somebody. And then she sat around and waited for um, something interesting to happen on a TV show and then got one episode of entry. Like she was interesting for that one episode where she's actually part of the team. And then mm-hmm. she's on the phone a lot. You know, like it's not she, she doesn't have the death because of they're relying too much on the twist, but it, I, the twist doesn't mean
2: anything to me yeah. because I don't really care well, about her. Yeah. And in, in Wandavision, it's, it's not like we didn't see the Agatha reveal coming well before it did, but somehow the execution of it, I completely bought into it. Yeah. I care. I care. Yeah. I, cared cared. About it, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I think too, if I, I think maybe, because I watched I watched WandaVision with a friend who mm-hmm. is not a comics fan. I saw the Agatha thing coming. She didn't.
2: Yeah. And that's the other piece of it with any of that sort of stuff is right. those of us who are versed in this stuff. You, we're yeah. looking for those Easter eggs. We, mm-hmm. we see that stuff well in advance of other people.
1: Well, and sometimes I mean, I mean, if you're talking about like plot twists or something like that, it makes me think of the episodes where we talked about Bridgerton right, mm-hmm. yeah. in the <laughs> books, the reveal of Lady Whistledown doesn't happen until book four mm-hmm. but they put it at the end of season one, and of all the things about that. About that show, that was one of the ones that bugged me the most. I wanted it to be a secret longer, but
3: so I, so I get well, it. I, yeah,
1: yeah. So sometimes, so for me, that reveal bugged me. For Mm -hmm. a lot of people who hadn't read the books, they were like, oh my God, that was awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, becomes it becomes exciting. It's an exciting if you don't know that there's an alternative. Right. It becomes a reason to go back and rewatch the show and see because there are there are plenty of hints that it's her throughout the series. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've watched Bridget and Twice now and I've and I've read the first book and um, and there are plenty of hints in the show of who you know of who I'm, I'm not ruining it for Wayne because I don't think you've watched it but it doesn't matter right Like, yeah. um, we have we did two whole shows on Bridgerton go listen to them right um, but, <laughs> yeah. I'll be but, right back yeah. <laughs> but there are plenty of hints like I wouldn't say that that's a plot twist that comes out of nowhere like it's you know it's there the information's there you can figure there are a few things that maybe don't make a lot of sense which we talked about on that episode where it's like, "Mm, you know, you know, you shouldn't, if you're, if you're really Lady lady Whistle now, you should have known this or, you know, whatever, but for the most part, it is a, it is a well-structured plot twist as opposed you know, to where I, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like it was and then aliens landed and you, you know, it didn't, it wasn't completely on the left field. Yeah. Um yeah. now but that's and I see I, I use that as my my example of a bad of a bad plot twist all the time, you know, which it's like sort of the, the very, very novice writer in fiction class who I don't know how to get out of this, so you know, and so then <laughs> and aliens landed, which I mean the most re- the most famous, probably successful version is um, the eagles and token books, which appear when he doesn't know how else to how else in <laughs> the scene. <laughs> eagles, you know, eagles bring people from one scene to another, but can only do it when there's no other option.
2: Or yeah, see, they, they could have just, just, just flown Frodo and Sam to, to Mortar and skip that entire middle book. Yes, but
0: they <laughs> don't because but they don't because we need the novel to happen, and so so I don't twist like that but I'm going to give a weird example of one where it just a completely out of left field plot twist that I think makes the entire movie. And that is the film from dusk till dawn, which I adore. <laughs> and it is um, from Dust till dawn is a weird um, psycho, um, psycho <laughs> drama crime film um, that about, you know, a family being, uh, being, um, being kidnapped by these two criminals. And trying to get away. And then they cross the border into Mexico and it's a B movie vampire movie. All of a sudden, nothing like nothing that happened before that matters. It's two movies glued together and I love it. It it works so well with a massive, completely unearned plot twist. It's just like, it's literally. Have you, I don't know if anybody's seen it, but me, I'm giving it a long time. Yeah. It doesn't matter halfway through the film. It's just a different fucking movie and deal with it because. we're bored with the old movie, so we're doing the other one. And it works for me. Like, it's a massive twist, completely unearned, with no, there's no reason beforehand to think there's nothing leading up to it. There's no foreshadowing. It's just, I'm doing a vampire movie now. Okay. Mm
2: -hmm. The the TV series Fargo sort of trades on the unexpected movements and plot. I don't know that I would call them plot twists. I mean, part of the conceit of it is, these are real events. Th- these things really happened. And to me, they, they play on that, the unpredictability of life, the fact that we don't have plots and people just do stupid shit that you don't see coming. And a lot of mm. times the entire plot will turn on something like that. That's just like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. But, oh, people, people do that kind of thing. And then in the middle of one season, a spaceship shows up for a brief scene and takes off and it's never explained and then it, it just... And some for some reason, I completely buy into it. Same kind of thing. Like, oh, there's a spaceship now. OK. Mm-hmm. And then the story continues. But I, you know, that's a series, I think, from episode to episode just goes in directions I really don't see coming because of the improbability of actual human behavior.
0: Mm-hmm. For me, it's Magnolia is another one. The, the film Magnolia, which I think I, I don't know. Has anybody seen Magnolia? Yeah.
1: Okay. yeah.
0: It rains frogs. I actually think it's earned. <laughs> I, think it's, I, I think it's foreshadowed by the plot. I think that if you pay attention, you can tell that it's going to rain frogs. They do They do mention it earlier in the film that this could happen. <laughs> but, there,
2: there, there, there's some talk in that season of Fargo of strange lights in the field and, and <laughs> you know, some of that sort of thing, but it, it's, it's still kind of out of the blue and doesn't mean anything to the big plot. It's just this weird event oh, so, in the middle of a shootout. Oh, <laughs> what, we're
0: the, what we're getting to, to, though, I think is things can be weird and they can be, yeah. I, I think you can have I think you can have weird plot twists that don't make sense and that are so what is it then? What makes it something being earned or something being, you know, we, we talk about it like it's natural, you know, or Shyamalan did or didn't do a good job or you know, mm-hmm. why can't aliens just show up?
3: <laughs> as much as we hate it. I think it has to do with conventions of genre. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Like so. Like I hesitate to bring it up because I know I'm going to regret, it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Riverdale. Pretty
0: uh, pretty sure television, uh, yes.
3: The the like it's always been campy, right? It's always oh
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Oh,
3: uh, uh, and,
0: hold, hold on for the yeah. listener. For for Hannah to make her point, I'm going to take Riverdale seriously and give not just do the bit, but like we're having a serious Riverdale discussion. So, yes, at its best, Riverdale is always campy. It is not really it is often fails when it it forgets that. So, yeah,
2: and
3: it's not
0: the most realistic show.
3: Mm -hmm. And 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 no one expected it to be because one, it's. CW show. Um mm-hmm. two, they establish the tone straight away. Uh three, mm-hmm. if you are a fan of the Archie comics, then you might remember things such as Archie versus Predator. Um and so like honestly no, no, nothing they've done on that show is as random as like some of the Archie comics. Um exactly.
1: Sure. Which, yeah, like, yeah.
3: I know he's not saying much. I know it's a low bar, but, you, but you know, like, there's a sort of uh,
0: Don't front I mean, on Archie versus Predator. It's a, that is a fine not, piece of literature. No, no
3: it, it's amazing, but, like, you know, it's... It's, it's still Archie versus Predator, yes. It's bad. It's bad, yeah. it's bad shit, But, like, you enjoy it because of that, because that's, mm. like, you, you understand what world you're in. So, like, Archie can have, like, all sorts of strange plot lines, random twists that may or may not make sense, characters acting what we would think as irrationally themed soapy stuff because of like what we accept about it as a show. Mysteries, you know, like they can be dark and weird things can happen. Like Jane Eyre is a like gothic mystery. Uh, a mad woman in the attic, which is an unfair categorization of Bertha Mason and she deserves justice. But, you know, like the, the way... <laughs> The way that like she's portrayed by the narrator of the book like she can be in the attic and show up and Jane discover her and it isn't just some random twist because that's the atmosphere Bertha Mason would never show up in a Jane Austen mo- novel and the moment she did readers would be like what mm. that's that's all I'm saying in a so long
0: convention <laughs>
3: Like, like the, the rules of the it's not even, I guess, genre convention so much as like the rules of the world that you establish um, and and how things follow from that world. Like, so I, I look,
0: I mean, if you, since you're you, you were nice enough to use Riverdale, I'll, I'll use Lost. I'll say Lost works in a lot of the one, one of the things that makes Lost work is I believe whether it's early seasons or later seasons, it doesn't matter where in the Lost the six seasons, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter where in the six season run we are um, lost is a world where weird batshit crazy stuff happens and sometimes there's no answer and sometimes there are and just try to pay attention to everything because some things may matter and some things won't. And as a lost fan, as a lost fan, you are giving the creators, the filmmakers, you are giving them that leeway um, to tell you. You know, to, you know, to throw out a polar bear, throw out a smoke monster, throw out, a num- throw out some numbers. And you're you're like, I'm, I'm keeping notes because some of this is going to come back. I don't know what it is, but I'm keeping notes. And that's your job as a viewer, right? Your job as a viewer is to try and speculate what the fuck do these numbers mean? What is the smoke monster? And that's Are they part, dead? Of part of the show. That's right. The it's show, just right. trying to speculate on that. Right. Right. And, and, and they don't all have answers. A lot of stuff does have answers by the end of the season series some stuff doesn't you know that's that's the contract that you're making with the show and you go into that right the contract with Riverdale is you know shit's gonna get weird okay it's Archie but shit's gonna get weird so be ready for it right and the when Riverdale is at its best it's when they're really leaning into the absurdity of it. When Riverdale fails, it's is on the episodes where, and when you know, as a fan yourself, you'll probably agree, when they try to take it too seriously, mm-hmm. it completely falls apart, right? Yeah. Um, um, there are I mean it's a CW show right it cannot be as serious as other CW shows it cannot be the Arrow TV shows right it can't be it can't be the 100 it can't be Legacies or or any of that it's got to be completely crazy or it falls apart and Mm -hmm. again leaving leaving apart the you know best show on television thing um, lately I have enjoyed Nancy Drew as a show far more Nancy Drew surprised me it's a really good mystery <laughs> show it's like I don't know if, if, if for people who haven't seen Nancy Drew if you liked the X Files, the early seasons of the X Files, it's the early seasons of the X Files. It's got that vibe to it. They take it seriously. It's got some silliness because all the characters are characters from either the Nancy Drew um, mysteries from the old days, or the Bobsy Twins are on it now. And um, it, and um, great, yeah, it's, it is. It's it's absolutely awesome. <laughs> so Nancy knows the Bobsy Twins, and and now she knows Tom Swift as well. And they've it's been great, but it's a very serious show in a way that Riverdale isn't other than it's, uh, it's a it's a serious detective, supernatural detective show that if you don't know the references, like if Riverdale, if you don't know the Archie joke, Riverdale makes no sense. If you don't know the Nancy Drew jokes, you'll just think you're watching a show like X-Files. So so, so tell
2: me, tell me, please. Tom Mm -hmm. Swift talks entirely in bad adverbs.
0: Uh, He is, he's, (laughs) he's reimagined. He is, um, he, he he is a, I'm better. Have you watched it? Anybody watch it? Tom Swift is a, is a, he's black. He's a twenty-five-year-old rich black kid who is gay and hiding it from his inventor father. And he's just an inventor, and he knows he's better than everybody else. But he's the nicest guy in the world. So he, now you
1: just ruined season two for
0: me. No, 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 because no. No, no, no. getting the, he's only on one episode, and getting there is the is the fun of it. Trust me. And and you and you know
2: what, Nicole, there are plot twists
1: all over <laughs> the place. I saw, I've seen the first season, but,
2: um. There's, there's
0: plot twists all
2: over, like the, the most
0: important plot twist of, we have to do a show on, uh. On Nancy Drew you know listeners let us know in the comments if you're watching Nancy Drew because I don't think anybody's watching it but me and I I, I so want to talk about it <laughs> like I kind of wonder if um, if um yeah
1: I would like I said I've, I've watched season one I haven't uh I I haven't watched season two yet because when I started watching it they were already part way into season two uh. so I'm kind of waiting. Until I can binge it, so I can start at the beginning of season two.
0: It, it, it's great. <laughs> there's, there's so much. There is so much goodness about just like the silliness and the batshit craziness of it is tempered down to where where I was getting. The reason I talk about it with plot twists is the plot twists in Nancy Drew, unlike Riverdale, uh, uh, the plot twists in Nancy Drew are. Ooh so that you can go back and the hints are there, right? Like there are, the, so in Riverdale, it's like, no it was secretly this character that we said was dead four seasons ago, and don't worry about it, you know, they were on you know, you know, fiddle faddle or whatever they call the drugs, like they just make shit up, right? It's just crazy and stupid so,
2: right. I want to I want to put a pin on X-Files because I, I want to come back to that. But I want to follow up on something on Riverdale and and then tie that into a comics thing where plot twists I don't think do work. Mm-hmm. Uh, my roommate and I have theorized kind of jokingly that that Riverdale is a show where this episode has a room full of writers and they write an episode and then they all leave. And an entire new room full of writers come in for the next episode and have to yeah. pick up with what had left off. <laughs> yeah, like with no overlap whatsoever. No overlap whatsoever. Just notes. So, yeah. so many years ago, there was a, I think, a 12 issue miniseries, and they they did it again recently from DC called the DC Challenge, where the first issue was written by a writer artist team, and then the next issue came on with a, a mm-hmm. brand new writer artist team. And there's no ongoing. You know, exquisite about, about Yes, it yeah, is. Mean, right, right, exactly. Exactly. And <laughs> they, the idea of it was let's let's end our chapter with something that there's no possible way that the next writer can get get them out of it so you know there're all kinds of plot twists most of them were completely absurd and meaningless because it was just a you know this ongoing attempt to fuck with the next creative team mm-hmm. and then they would move on and you know you try to read that as a narrative it makes no sense whatsoever. And, you know, that's kind of the nature of an exquisite corpse. Anyway, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that is for the listeners, I said it, but yeah. it's,
0: it's, a, um, it's a writing exercise. If you've ever taken a friction workshop, um, it's kind of the game of <laughs> yes. it's, it's the game of telephone. But the writing exercises, we each, maybe we should do a show of this once so we each write a story um, that's one page. And then I, I write my page of the story and then I hand it to Wayne and he has to write the next page and he's got to use the characters and the situations that i've that i've introduced it's a, it's an improv storytelling exercise right he can add to it but he's not supposed to contradict or destroy. he's got to, he can resolve and he can embellish, but you know you're not just like in and well his idea was stupid. you're not supposed to do that. you're sp- it's an exercise of of shared building upon mm-hmm.
1: I do that actually in my creative writing classes in, yeah, in the one, and I do it in the, I mean I do fiction playwriting and poetry, and so of course, you know. It's it's sometimes interesting and sometimes they don't listen to me and want to just destroy it, but yeah. uh, sometimes it's really entertaining.
0: It's, it's an exercise in yes and if anybody's ever taken an improv. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. If we're talking if we're talking twists, I mean, I can think of I, I mean, I can think of you know multiple shows that. Um, you know give us some sort of twist and sometimes if we're going to talk about one that you know felt bad okay let's go way back for a moment to the dallas thing mm-hmm. right with the whole oh bobby's not dead right it was all a dream mm-hmm. and something like that feels cheap, mm-hmm. it right? Was cheap. Because, yeah right um <laughs> as opposed, to, <laughs> as opposed to, you know uh But it also just sort of stymies things, right? Uh, And then as long as I'm talking about old shows, (laughs) if we go back to the the original V. (laughs) Oh, wow. We found out that they were lizards. Okay. Everyone's like, oh, my God. Right. And then you go on from there and and it becomes, you know, important. Um, so there are there are also so there's not just twists that happen at the end, but there's also twists that sort of that that change something and then you move forward. Right. Yeah. And, and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not.
2: Yeah. The, the last page of the first issue of Thunderbolts. Um, yes. Yeah, brand, brand, new, super, brand new superhero team. A, okay. This is Yeah, this, spoilers. This is a good this is a good example. So up, for a, 20- <laughs> oh, yeah, you're for, a,
1: for a comic came yeah. out
2: twenty five years
0: ago, right? Yeah. So 20 year old folks, but like one that people might not have heard of. Um because I, I, I want to I want to respect people's yeah. um, I figure a lot of people probably a lot of our listeners, but just people in general, a lot of people's experience with um Marvel will be the MCU. And this is, I'm sooner or later, they're going to have to mine the thunderbolts and it's going to be it's going to matter sooner or later. So potential spoilers. We just, no, yes. we just
1: said there was a twist.
0: No, but yeah. I think, we sh- I think we should, because I think the twist, I think this is, I think the twist here is a perfect example of how yeah. a plot twist can be good.
2: Cause it, it was, it was built on, you know, at that point, 30 years of Marvel history. Right. If you go back to 1939 or whatever. So we, we have, it's a period of time when the Avengers, the fantastic four, all the main heroes are assumed to be dead. They're actually often in another dimension doing stupid shit. <laughs> um and, and a brand new superhero team shows up to take their place it's led by Citizen V and we're here we can't be the Avengers we'll never be able to replace those heroes but we're here to do the best job we can and they're heroic and successful and, and the, the world loves them and on the last two pages revealed it's actually Baron Zemo and the Masters of Evil a group of supervillains who've been around forever posing as heroes to gain the trust of humanity and eventually get all the codes and, and secret stuff that the Avengers had so they can take over the world. Cause that's what mm-hmm. citizen V wants to do. And that was the end of the first issue. And it was this huge unexpected twist that set up the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it wasn't a twist ending. It was a twist beginning, mm-hmm. but it set up the premise. And from that point on, they did all kinds of interesting things. You the- know, mm-hmm genuine redemption arcs. Mm-hmm. Some of these people who had been villains. It was one of my favorite series at the time it was coming out. Um, Some of these people who had been you know, less than successful villains, B-level, C-level their entire career, and they're acting as heroes and getting Positive reinforcement, and that feels much better than being beaten up and going to jail.
0: Yeah, listen, and and Screaming Mimi, two of the characters in particular, are just like, "Wait a minute, this is a much like this
2: this hero gig. This is a much better deal for us." And Screaming Mimi as Songbird over Mm -hmm. the course of time. Eventually became a genuine hero in that universe and is accepted as a hero. She's been in one of the permutations of the Avengers mm-hmm. since then. I
1: swear, when we got Zemo in in Civil War, I thought, "Oh my god!"
2: Yeah, and, <laughs> well, and I get do get think they're going to do that in the MCU. I, it's going right. to be a different group of characters because they haven't introduced all the ones who sure. were in in Thunderbolts. Right. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see characters who have appeared in the movies. I I think ghost is an option. I think taskmaster, uh, once he appears in black widow,
3: Mm -hmm. um, I want to go back to something that I said, and then I want to disagree with myself. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) We'll we'll let you argue it out.
3: (laughs) Uh, So I said, you know, that there is something about world building or the conventions of genre that make us think about twists as being good or that makes sense but i also think there's an element of character development to it i will not go back the show that must not be named and use that example again but a different example okay. uh, Jane, jane the virgin okay spoilers for like the final half of the series her husband dies right she's very sad like she grieves there's a time jump so like they can uh, go back to having like a happy show and they don't have to like have, like her grief for like three seasons on air Uh like mm-hmm. it's a very traumatic thing they finally reveal though that like cheaply in my opinion that he's like had amnesia and then like they bring him back which like it fits with like telenovelas right but like characters just seem to act out of character or like it. it and even if you say well maybe not feel like people move on after three years it also feels like did a disservice to the relationship that Jane and Michael had. And also Michael's character. Um, Even if they write him a cheap, happy ending, I think it's cheap, whatever. Um, It's why the show that must not be named is why I complain about, about things making no narrative sense. Um, Like characters, like don't just change their mind about things. Like you're not just in love with someone one day and then you, you know, like, just kidding. Um, it, that's just not how it works. That that, that, that doesn't. That's not good writing. Uh, okay,
2: if, if, if you're if, if you're a sociopath, that's how it works. Well,
0: and I would, you know, you're not sure. I, I think I think it can be how it works more in real life. It's not how it works in good fiction because yeah. we need we need stories to make right. narrative sense in a way that life doesn't always make narrative sense. So I like, mean, I,
3: yes, but there 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 are stories where people fall out of love. But there's like right, you know what, but like it. I'm going to go back to the show that must not be named. You oh, oh, you ahead. you don't you don't like you don't have a scene where someone sends someone to assassinate you. You don't have a scene where you're in love with someone else and then the next moment say, "Oh, I'm going to go back to right where I'm going to go die, and I also, i inside. I'll do anyway. with Jane
0: the Virgin, though, because I think Jane the Virgin, is, yeah. Jane, Jane the Virgin's problem is that it is trying by premise of the show, the very point of the show for those who haven't seen it is we are parodying and commenting on um, telenovelas, uh, Mexican soap operas, essentially, by making one of our own. That's the premise of mm-hmm. the show. Um, and the problem that they run into is they sort of make a good show, right? Like, I mean, not, not to tell telenovel- novellas can't be good, but they've made a show that sort of evolved beyond that to where uh, their fans who might not necessarily have even known the original premise got invested in things. So then in order to keep the concept, they made a narrative decision that hurt where they had evolved to. Right, is it, is like like how I
3: met your mother. Yes. Would, which like, is exactly like how the, met the met exact, yeah. how oh, I met your mother is yeah.
0: exactly example. Yeah. How I met your mother. They had this idea. They built the entire show towards this idea that they had in season one. And then six years go by and the story had evolved beyond that. So now they're trying to backtrack into this idea that they'd yeah. come up with half a decade ago. And it, doesn't work, right? Like everything, because they're not because they had organically grown, but for the purposes of the twist, they just had to just decide some stuff and and ask people to go along with it, and nobody wanted to, right? Like the the fans of How I Met Your Mother largely hate the last season. I actually like a lot of the last season because I like Tracy Christine who plays Tracy is great, but. The last couple of episodes, especially, just don't care for. It's like I don't, uh, I don't I, need to see them together because the show had evolved beyond that, and they felt trapped. And when a when a plot twist feels like a trap, that's a problem for me.
2: That's mm. how I felt about the the Vertigo series, Preacher, and, and it's a series I have real mixed feelings mm. about. I have lots of issues with it, but I mm. feel like the first story arc set up this promise. You know, I'm going to go find God and ask him what the fuck. You know, and and then the series went in all these different directions, and the last story arc, I felt like, and this was like, oh yeah, I set that thing up sixty That's issues ago. I I better address that, huh? Uh-huh. And it felt it felt arbitrary and just kind of tossed off, and he just wasn't interested in that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I there are other issues I have with that series. I, there are things about it I like, but but that that in particular, I remember reading that last story arc, and and. When that premise was brought up, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, that's what this is supposed to be oh, about. Yeah.
0: How- oh, yeah. We're, well, we're, <laughs> so one of the, you know, so Preacher, I think, is a good, good example, right? Because Preacher is, a, I don't know, um, I'm going to talk about the comic. I don't want to ruin it for people who have done more on the TV show. I'm not even sure if the TV show is still going on. I stopped watching it. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the comic quite a great deal, with caveats that weighed it. But the, the the concept of the first couple of issues of Preacher are based on a very, very much on a plot twist what if there's a guy who has the power of the word of God, that's his one power. Mm -hmm. And the, that gets you into the, into the book. But again, so much progresses beyond it. My absolute favorite issue of that entire run of preacher, the entire series is there's a, there is isn't there is one issue where where they get into a bar fight, um, and uh, Jesse, who's the main character, and Cassidy, who's his best friend, they get into a bar fight, and they have the fight. And at the end of the fight, Cassidy says to Jesse, "Why didn't you use your powers?" And Jesse's like, "Oh, I forgot. Like he just forgot that he had them, and it didn't matter." And what was great about that issue is I had to, right? <laughs> like right. it wasn't about that anymore. The the only reason I even had the question was because Cassidy brings it up. It's like, oh yeah, you can do this thing that is auspiciously the entire point to this book, but it doesn't matter anymore. And then it becomes much less of an issue from there from there on out. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: So and Then when they had to come back to it at the end, it just felt kind of tagged on. I, I do want to go back to X Files just quickly because we're we're coming up on the the end here probably. I mm-hmm. you know, that's one that just it felt like. I mean, they they didn't know they were going to be successful when it started, and it wasn't you know the way TV is planned now is this episodic thing, and they 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 had a mythos. But I don't think they knew they were going to run for six, seven seasons. So they, they kept. I don't think they knew <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so they were running
1: two. Right. So they introduced
2: this big mystery. And at some point they realized, oh, we, we have to start giving answers. And then they did. And then they kept going. And they had to keep coming up with new mysteries and new answers. And I just I felt and I was a fan of the show. I liked it a lot. But I kind of felt like they kept giving me answers that contradicted the previous answers because they just had to do something to keep the show running. They were plot twists, but I I found it really annoying after a while in, in that they just kept like oh you've just been lying to me all this time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, There's also, some stuff. So I, to see There's, I uh, mean, that definitely exactly. happens
3: in mm-hmm. TV, especially with like the plan of time lost. Mm-hmm. Um, Star the Trek. French sort yeah. of had the opposite problem, where they like were like, "Oh, I guess we should start revealing stuff," which may have been a better show, but. um
0: Well, X Files, X Files, especially, there's there's a lot of, you know, for the first season, fine, but five seasons right. in, Scully looks like an idiot. Oh my yeah. God, this can't possibly be aliens. Aliens don't exist. It's like you fucking met aliens. You've met tons right. of them. Like you know right. the aliens exist. You can, you don't get to be surprised by this anymore. Like mm-hmm. maybe other people are don't believe you, but you not believing mm-hmm. when Fox when he says I think it's aliens, and you're like, oh, it's probably not aliens, just a rational explanation. It's like, no, you know there are aliens. <laughs> this can't yeah. be a twist for you yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, was, and they they did they just kept introducing new answers to questions we'd already had answered, um, mm-hmm. and and it just it, it felt like this desperate. How do we keep people coming back? Um, But yeah it's just that was a case where it was poorly executed but I think poorly executed because of the circumstances by which it was written is Um,
0: is that what twists are so one of the ways I like brought this up in the blog where I said you know why are plot twists right like why I think that in a world where we have media that is driven by the constant need to franchise, right? Like so much of our pop culture right now is how do we keep this going so that we can keep the cinematic universe going? How do we keep the bucks rolling in? How do we keep streaming buys up? You know, whatever. Right. I get that. And and I'm not even, and I'm not, I'm not even trying to diss on it because I, I enjoy these things as much as anybody. Right. But at some point, does it does the reliance on the plot twist hurt the narrative? Does it hurt the concept in a way that like, can you can't you just instead trust me to just keep going because I'm enjoying the story? Because I I mean, I will. I don't know. And I don't think I'm alone. Right. Like, I I don't think there are people I don't think I don't think I'm like being, you know, elitist or culturally sophisticated where because I'm continuing to watch fucking superhero movies. You know, you know, you know, like, like I'm watching them because I enjoy them. I don't need there to always be a twist. I don't need there to be, uh, you know, again, with, with the the Sharon thing on Falcon and Winter Soldier felt stupid to me like it because it felt like a mystery that had an obvious answer so I don't know why it's a mystery whereas um, if you would literally just told me from the very beginning oh you know like in fact I think I would have found it more interesting if we haven't heard from Sharon in six years and oh my god she's bad and she's working against us now and then we, we spend the entire season working against her rather than wondering if she's really bad or not and then it turns out yeah she's bad yeah <laughs> is bad. Mm-hmm. So, it's a
3: strong word. I mm-hmm. think, but oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I just got stung by wasps on Animal Crossing. Oh, so that's not <laughs> fun. Um, uh, um, so that's,
2: a, that's a good point to assume we've resolved nothing, I think.
3: <laughs> also shouldn't play this game while um doing it. Um but Oh, that's what I get for uh, shaking down trees. We um.
1: <laughs>
3: oh, didn't God. see that
2: coming.
1: <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of makes me question, I mean, what you were saying, Mav, about, you know, th- these, the the unexpected twists. I just read an article um, uh, not that long ago that was saying that people with anxiety, one of the reasons that they like to watch shows over Mm -hmm. is because it's comforting because you know what's going to happen right so i mean that's one of those things right that i I think we already addressed this that not everybody likes a plot twist like you said just just give it you know give us a good story give us characters that are interesting if we care about the characters we don't need a twist Mm -hmm. right uh, I don't,
0: but maybe people do,
2: right? I like I don't know. Maybe... Some of that I think is genre dependent. Right. You know, I, I think you know, I mean, certainly with, okay. with mysteries I and some not. of that stuff, that's part of what the genre is. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but but I but I agree with what you're saying. If I'm engaged in in the characters, there doesn't have to be this sudden like, oh my god, where did that come from? Just you know, keep
0: mm-hmm. telling me the story. Listeners, let us know in the comments whether you want to hear us do a Nancy Drew show, because the plot twist on so Nancy Drew, as we record, is on the there's one episode left this season. So the penultimate episode of this season um was has an absolutely amazing plot twist on it that like I need to sit down and go back and watch all the other episodes to see. You know, where the hints are there because they showed them to you and it's not something that you ever could have picked up on by yourself because, you know, there's, like I said, there's supernatural elements. This is not a spoiler for the show. The entire point of the premise of the show is it's Nancy Drew investigates the supernatural. So there's a plot twist that changes everything that came before it and I'm enjoying that so I think that that's fine if you're if you're the kind of person who enjoys those kinds of plot twists that's good but maybe it's like so much other stuff it's just it's got to be good and at least for me a twist for the sake of being a twist is that's that's where I thought Lost eventually started going wrong it's where I thought the X Files started going wrong shows that sort of over now Lost I don't want to say they overstayed their welcome Lost wanted to leave ABC made them stick around right like <laughs> like they're like no we're done
2: we're done please let us let's kill this we, we, let us we, we have an ending let us, do it.
0: let us do it and they couldn't and but i mean i think that there's a point where where you're just like and then you know something weird happened and then jack,
3: and then jack got tattoos that is that
0: is yeah. the actual. <laughs> um. Yeah, because because we got to fill up an hour of television, <laughs> and I,
3: I uh, just to be, I, to be I, fair, to uh, mm-hmm. say to be fair, life is unpredictable, and there are
2: there are plot twists. Yeah,
3: yeah, mm-hmm. like like uh, I'll say an episode that How I Met Your Mother got praised for is when Marshall's father dies. let's we'll see it coming, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. a shocker, and it punches mm-hmm. it really hard. um and they're, they're so like not everything has to quote narrative sense, except when it does, then it should. Um, so, in what I, in short, what I'm saying is Wayne is correct, we've resolved nothing, and we should all
2: go to bed. <laughs> well, I saw that coming.
0: <laughs> uh, so we, I mean, this was one of those episodes where we weren't really trying to resolve anything, we had like a concept no, that, like, no. that we vaguely wanted to talk about. So, I hope this is a Enjoyable for everybody else as it is for us to just you know to just work some things out, which is you know sort mm-hmm. of. um Sometimes it's Oh, here's a lot we do here. Oh, yeah, I a, that, here. Um, plot twist: I, I think we'll discover you know that that Katya is alive after all. She'll be fine.
3: Yeah. Sure <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that everyone is dead. shocked.
0: Yeah, yeah. not, not a <laughs> not much of a surprise. Nicole, thanks for joining us.
1: Sure.
2: <laughs> uh, well, welcome back. To-
0: Always fun to have you here. Yeah. So um, this is going to be great because I know when this episode comes out. Um, anything you want to plug? What's going on in your life? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, National Popular Culture Conference. But uh, you know, if you just want to listen, they're going to. Uh, you can always register as a non-participant and get access to to uh, all the. All the various panels, which that is one of the advantages, I guess, of it being virtual, much easier to panel hop.
0: Mm-hmm. Including Wayne and myself, presuming I actually hey, finished. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I assume because you, you were ringing it up, I assume that you would be there. But also, in addition to Nicole, you'll have Wayne and myself provided I, I actually finish mine, because that's the that's the drama right now. Twist: Will I be able to actually?
1: Information at pcaaca mm-hmm.
0: Linked in the show notes, mm-hmm. and, and if not, and and well, you should listen and you should join us next year because it is a it is a very fun time.
1: It is next year
0: we're in Seattle. Oh, wow! Mm-hmm. It's been a couple years since we were in Seattle.
2: I have never been to Seattle. I have friends there that have been talking about visiting for 15 years. I might have to make plans.
1: They have, <laughs> and the year after is San Antonio.
0: So, oh, wow, Hannah.
3: Uh, I you can find me on my Animal Crossing Island. I don't know how that works yet, so I guess you aren't able to find me on my Animal Crossing Island. <laughs> I'm useless uh,
2: watch, watch, watch out for the smoke monster Hannah
0: <laughs> oh my god that there suddenly is a smoke monster in Animal Crossing <laughs> only because Hannah's playing
3: <laughs> episode, this episode is now worth it just because of this that no one will listen to <laughs>
0: Wayne
2: uh, the same as always mostly here um, yeah uh, uh, blog that hasn't been updated in a year and a half and okay. <laughs> the daily pictures on my Instagram. It's all in the show notes.
0: Yep. And you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all of the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show, all those same places at Fox Popcast. You can also follow the show on YouTube. Like and subscribe. You get to see video versions of of the show, see examples of the things that we're talking about as we talk about them. You also get access to my other podcast, Gosh Golly Wow, where we discuss the comic book Excalibur. So you get two podcasts for the price of one with, and both of them are free so you know really it's a it's an awesome deal where it works out for you what <laughs> um, a bargain. yeah what a bargain right uh, absolutely so also do us a favor subscribe to us on itunes or stitcher or spotify or where the hell else you get podcasts from And do us a big favor. Leave us a five star review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. It helps other people find the show by making us more popular and boosting the algorithm, especially if you don't just um, rate the the show five stars. But if you leave us a review, you write a little something, something about how, you know, you were not expecting the plot twist where, you know, Katya was alive after all. I hope. I mean, we haven't actually seen her. So we assume she's going to be alive. tune in next
1: yeah.
0: week she's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh she's fine yes yeah, she's fine she's fine <laughs> um but um yes yeah, so do us a favor leave us a five-star review subscribe to us follow our blog at www.voxpodcast.com where you find out what we're going to be talking about next week and you can comment on the show on show notes. You can leave us your thoughts. You can let us know whether or not you want us to do a Nancy Drew recap show. You absolutely do. Trust me on the show. It is so good because again I'm
1: talking let's do that. So make him happy.
0: Yeah. I'm talking it up now because next week I have to go back to saying that Riverdale is the best show ever and I I actually am legit enjoying Nancy Drew more right now.
3: You Um, really don't have to. You can let the joke die. We can pick a new joke.
0: No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) it's either this or we go back to manimal you know you choose your poison (laughs) Um, anyway in the meantime yeah let us know in the comments whether you want us to hear you want to hear me talk more about manimal or about riverdale which do you prefer (laughs) Anyway, in the meantime, I would like to thank Maximilian of Thought for Music for our epic theme song, Building Ever So More Epically, and playing us out. I'd like to thank Nicole for joining us. I'd like to thank you at home for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.